0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. Pete. (laughs) Pete trying to (laughs) conserve his words. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week and review them. Now, one thing that I'll mention at the beginning here. Please mention it. We have been asking you all to request some books in the iTunes comments. Leave us a rating and then leave us a comment, and then you can request an old OGN or a trade collection or a one-off issue. Next week, we had a request to review Marvel Boy, the miniseries by Grant Morrison and J.G. Jones back in the early 2000s, so we'll be doing that next week. But if you'd like to make a request, we have a couple stacking up, but we would love to hear from you. In the meantime, we're going to head into some new stuff and talk about Iron Fist, number one from Marvel, written by Alyssa Hi. Wong, art by Michael Ig. In this book, Danny Rand has lost his Iron Fist, still has Kung Fu. He still knows how to do Kung Fu. But he still has it. It's like riding a bicycle. Exactly. We are meeting a new Iron Fist here, who has a very different take on the powers, and finding out more about him. Pete, I know you were super jazzed about this issue. So, what did you think? Why did you like this?
1: I am super. Speak jazzed, that jazz, fans. Pete. Uh, zippity boop. Boom, boom, boom. Oh boom, wow! Boom. All right. So, put your upright bass away. Uh, all right. Yeah. Hey, cool cats. Let's talk. About... All right. So here we go. Iron Fist number one. Uh, I very much enjoy a, a new, uh, fresh take on Iron Fist. Um, you know, let's go away from the Danny Rand to get something a little bit more, uh, culturally less racist so this is very exciting i i like this amazing art let's get a new start for iron fist and uh, uh let's have some exciting new adventures justin what about you what did you think about this book
0: um yeah i like it i do love you, and do you like racism or do you dislike racism? yeah yeah <laughs> let's ahead. know where you stand on the
1: racism issue
2: I mean, um, I what do you mean? Uh,
1: I mean, well,
0: I mean, to take to take your point, there's
1: pros and there's cons what about racism, are you, you know, about no, it's pretty um, black and white, guys.
2: Wow, great choice of words. <laughs> uh, um, I do th- I just love when, um, when characters like this are brought to a new generation or we get a new character i'm always talking yeah. about like new we've character. seen enough of these characters like give me a new version give me a new take even if it is the same power set or the same legacy situation it happens more rarely in marvel comics and here we get um and it, we get to see it in sort of a, a well-done way and see sort of two iron fists uh, a, a passing of the fist
0: mm-hmm uh, I agree. I really like this as well. I thought the art was really good. It reminded me, not the art, but the storytelling reminded me a little bit of when Jaime Reyes took over Blue Beetle, where it feels like nice. that sort of thing. Whereas this legacy thing, it's not erasing the history of the character that came before, but it is finding a new twist on it with some new powers and some new intrigue and some new villains. Uh Good writing. I also, this is such a simple thing, but the fact that, like, I feel like they could have gone the round with, oh, Danny Rand doesn't have the Iron Fist anymore. What does he do? Being like, no, he's still Danny Rand. He still knows tons of Kung Fu and lots of of Kung Fu. He just doesn't have the Iron Fist anymore. I thought it was great. I just, I really enjoyed that. I found that a blast to read because it's a fun character to follow as well. So good book, very on board with this. Very excited to see where it goes next. Next up, Robins, number four, from DC Comics, written Robins. by Tim Silly, Robins. art by Baltimore Rivas. In this book, the Robins are all heading off on of their own separate missions, but ultimately find themselves together, tracking down anarchy, and ultimately realizing, oh, wait, we kind of lost track of Tim Drake somewhere there in the middle. Whoops, too many Robins. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Uh, but this book is... Awesome. Like it is punching so far above its weight in terms of what it could be. And I think that's all up to Tim Seeley as well as Baltimore Rivas is great on the art. Really impressed with what's going on here.
2: Well, and what I love about it is it's really synthesizing uh, so much of the Robin uh, mythologies around all of these different Robins and really bringing them together. Like Anarchy is such a character that has been sort of around the Robin world was sort of like a almost pseudo Robin with more edgy on the the dark side, the villain side. And to have Anarchy playing in here and then the sort of reveal we get at the end of the issue, I obviously was excited for.
1: Yeah, I think this Tim Seeley guy is going to make it as a writer. I mean, <laughs> I wish we could talk to him. Yeah. You know?
2: I wish it
0: would be great I feel to go. Just hearing up
1: the fact that Tim Seeley is going to be on our live show what? next week, what?
0: I oh, know. Yeah. Oh my god! So we'll be able to talk to him about it. Wish granted. Uh, Two more
2: wishes on this monkey's paw, and then I'm back to yeah, normal life.
0: Li- wish for love. I don't know why I didn't.
2: Um, is that are you? Is that your Robin Williams genie? I don't know what that was. Was (laughs) that Jafar? It was like
0: Irish or something. I'm not 100% sure. You can't wish for love, (laughs) (laughs) you can't wish for love or to kill somebody.
1: (laughs) What is going on? I'd like to get back to the Tim Seeley of it all. I uh, I can't wait to talk to him about this project because this is just a, a fantastic. Uh, the art's unbelievable. The twists and turns in this, the way this ends, it's getting intense. I very much love it. And uh, you guys just talked to Tim Seeley. I'm just going to sit here all starry-eyed and stare at him. Excellent. Well, okay. definitely pick up this book,
0: regardless of how you feel about Tim Seeley, because it's a really good Robin's book. Next up, mm-hmm. Primordial, number six from Image Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. In this issue, our tale of Laika Ooh, and. Tale? I, uh, yeah, nope. of all the animals who have been sent into space, they were sent to this multiversal construct. They've come home, this is going to change Earth forever. And ultimately, it comes down to the story of one woman bonding with the animal that she left behind. I'll tell you why. I, I know I'm curious to hear about Justin, what you thought about it because you've been very down on it. This really got me, like, I legitimately really? went. Oh, come on out loud by the end here, oh. but I think ultimately, like you talked about how you felt like every issue was a little bit to light on story, and I agree on that spare ultimately, this is gonna be a fantastic trade, but the art here from Andrea Sorrentino has been like next level good, just in terms of jumping between various styles, absolutely beautiful, Justin though. Potentially for the counterpoint. Um,
2: I finished this issue and I was like, what? That's <laughs> the end? All of this. Amount- and like I, I and after I, I sat with it for a second, I was like, oh, it's sort of like the ultimate incredible journey or homeward bound, depending on what generation you are, um, where these three animals went into space and they had the truly the most incredible journey to get home um to see the this old lady but there's just, nothing
1: better than an old lady hug dude i don't know what more you want i mean come on
2: wow <laughs> p you're only pushing your grandma agenda and keep in mind on our live show you talked about how you chased down and almost murdered a grandma recently so like there's a lot of complicated feelings there but i just think uh the promise of this book i thought was and this may be my misjudgment I thought there was going to give us something different. And when it landed here, I I was like, I felt like I didn't get enough. And then after a while, I was like, I see – i see what we did
1: well speaking of our live show we talked a lot about misses and you missed on this this is a very touching book you don't need words all the time Don't review my miss all right you know i think you know sometimes all you need is just a a touching moment between two entities and this is a beautiful book (laughs) entities (laughs) you mean the the pets the animals here
0: entities were you also referring to humans as entities? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. a human and a dog just uh you know are have- you shifting out of reality Peter? are you have you reached <laughs> a new consciousness that's right i have I'm, wow. I'm 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 mainly manatee now wow it's like quantum leap
2: so mm-hmm. quantum leap is powered by mountain dew
0: I guess we have a little bit of disagreement here, but I would say if you are interested in something that has some absolutely gorgeous art, definitely pick up. This yeah, book. I mean come trade on. in particular. And next up, Fantastic Four number thirty from Marvel, written by Dan Slott, art by Rachel Stott. No relation. This is the second part of the Reckoning War, is the war that the Watchers began since time immemorial, is finally coming to Earth. In the kickoff issue, I believe it was an alpha issue, though I might be wrong there, Reed Richards got Mm -hmm. this universal knowledge from the Watcher's eyeball, and he puts that to use here as he puts his plan into action. Now, I'll tell you what, reading this entire issue, I couldn't stop thinking about you guys arguing about it, because I'm sure... Pete is going to be like, Reed Richards is an asshole. And then Justin is going to mm. be like, no, this is why he was doing what he was doing. But I'll tell you what, maybe I'm wrong. What did you well,
2: guys think? Do you have the watcher's eye in your yeah. brain? Let's see what happens.
1: Uh, I got to say, yeah, there is a lot of that going on. But also, this has one of... Maybe the greatest panels I've seen in a really long time. The Silver oh. Surfer panel, uh, and that has Galactus in it, is like I if I was going to get like a giant back tattoo, that was it. Was, this would be this. <laughs> it's when, really awesome
2: with Galactus barfing a rainbow or whatever. Yeah,
1: cool? exactly.
2: Wow, that is I, not what I expected you to say out of this book. <laughs> Beats one back tat away i'll put up the money i'll split it three ways i'll pay i'll stake this
0: tat i want it what did you think justin what did you think about this book this
2: book is wild i uh, this yeah. is some this is some great dan slott work because he's taking like he did on spider-man for so long he's taking all this like history of the fantastic four and just uh, pushing it together into a big pile and building his story on top of that and it's fun um we get Reed Richard being a dick to Human Torch, purposely. Classic. We get um, two great panels um, that I wanted to shout out. The one where Moon Knight's land on the ground because the moon got blown up, and he's like... Where's the moon? <laughs> I don't have the moon. <laughs> I need the moon. I'm the moon knight. And it's just very funny. I thought that um, was <laughs> – it doesn't play as a joke, but I thought it was very funny. And the other one where all the watchers are like, what's wrong? There's something bad here. And then they're like, it's always a Watu, that fucking watcher. <laughs> He's up to some shit again. Just very funny stuff. Um, I like this book.
0: I really – I mean, getting back to what we were talking about originally, I really like like – Dan put in the work here with Reed Richards where yeah, I you come into this book being like, yes, of course, Reed Richards got too much intelligence and he's an asshole now and he's being an asshole to everybody because that's Classic. what Reed Richards does. Yeah. And the entire book, he's like, that's not what I'm doing. Please, that's not what I'm doing. You have to trust me. That's not what's going on here. And then finally he gets to that last scene with Sue where he's like, you need to go invisible. You're the key here. You need to trust me. This is not the thing that happens every single time where I go rogue and I force everybody to do these things because I'm relying on my intelligence instead of my emotion. And it plays right. Like it plays right because he hit it so much throughout the book. And I thought that was so smart and so well done. Uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of overstuffed, overcomplicated crossovers, but this is completely working for me at this point. Yeah. Next up, Detective Comics, number 1053 from DC Comics, written by Mariko Tamaki and Matthew Rosenberg, art by Max Raymond and Fernando Blanco. In this issue, it is all starting to come to fall down in Arkham Tower as the heroes are starting to figure out What's going on with Psycho Pirate? But they're already still very far beyond the ball. And meanwhile, in the backup story, as we find out more Sorry, about Sorry, real this, quick. You said
2: they're, they're beyond the ball? Behind the ball. Behind the oh, ball, got you. what I meant to say. Yeah. The eight ball? Yeah, the eight ball. Is this a pool metaphor you're using, or are they behind a football? <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> okay. I truly, and I'm not trying to call you out, but I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what you meant when you said that. Tell you what, sports. Got you
0: And in the backup story This is a field goal Home run kick Of the story as Matthew Rosenberg Continues to tell the story of a a Young young kid Who may be a hero, may be a villain But everything keeps going horribly wrong For him and he ends up in the wrong place at the wrong time Um, Again I know I've said this about every issue This book is killing it in both stories I'm loving them
1: I I can't tell which One I love more, the backup or the main story. Uh, I can't wait to see what's happening, what's going to happen with this kid. I love how every kind of villain gets a little time with them. It's so intense. But the main story, uh, just love the action, love kind of what we're building towards, how it's all unfolding. This is really cool. I'm having a great time. This is a, a great package.
2: Um, nice. What I like about these stories and that ties them together. is really exploring some underpinning psychologies of these characters in detective comics. You're always sort of in Batman's head or trying to deal with Batman's pathos and shit and whatever. And in this, we're getting into a variety of characters at the same time. And the pacing of this story, the front story has really been able to pull these like sort of psychological explorations together. So they're really pacing up for the end of it. And I, I think it's great. And the backstory beautiful art and the same thing you're watching someone experience gotham city from the wrong side who we aren't on their side in the way we're always on batman's side we're always on robin's side and this character he, he's a little in the middle like we're like is he a villain is he a hero what's his deal so it's just the stakes are a little higher as we're, as
1: we're reading this story also the art's great in the first story too Uh, Yes, So
0: so good. What? uh, Just a nice tight package, as Pete said. Homesick Pilots, number 12 from Image Comics, written by Dan Waters, art by Casper Wingard. This issue, we're getting an outside view on the huge fight that's happening between our haunted house and our haunted robot, uh, or I guess haunted mech suit. As meanwhile, in the background, a bunch of folks try to figure out what's going on and bring this massive fight to an end. Justin... What do you think about this one? You're a big fan of this book.
2: I love this book. Um, (laughs) I think the scale – well, we've talked a lot over our many issues reviewing this, all Mm -hmm. of them. We've reviewed all of them. Probably Um, every single one of them. We have talked about every single one. We talked about how just the the wild details that are sort of drawn together while at the same time telling this like story about kids who are in a band who got into a bad, fucked up situation – and the, the the thing I want to talk about here, highlight here, is just the sense of scale. We get this huge battle between these two like giant ghost manifested structures, which are which is very cool. But that's actually not the point. That's they're purposefully distracting the world. Uh, and we see the world watching this battle from this very small story about like a couple scientists experimenting on ghosts for the sake of like American progress. And these kids, one of them a kid, the other one in a giant messed up ghost suit, who have to go and like sort this out. And it's just great. It's just I'm also watching the show art. Archive 81 on Netflix at the same time. And sort of these things are coming together at the same time for me. And I really like that as well.
1: Uh, One of the the things I want to add to what Justin is saying, I agree with that. Everything Justin is saying, except for that Netflix plug, but uh, I think the art art in this book is phenomenal. Just really impressive the way it kind of leads the story And yeah, it's, you know, for me, it's like this, these two giant monsters fighting and I'm like, yes, this is everything I want in life. But then also to have this other story going on is kind of hard to do in comics and something that I didn't think I would want, but this is doing it so well that I don't mind the fact that I'm away from this amazing fight sequence, which is pretty impressive when you think about that.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. And check out Emily in Paris, season two, now on Netflix. <laughs> Next up, Hulk, number four from Marvel, written by Donny Cates, art by Ryan Otley. In this issue, our Hulk is dealing with his multiversal Dr. Banner, and specifically dealing with his multiversal Ross, who is the president of of the United States in this universe, who's taking the fight directly to them. There's some twists and turns there. This continues to be big action. What did you guys think about how this is <coughs> going on? Pete, you were mixed, but ultimately positive about the last run on Hulk. How are you feeling about this for issues in?
1: This is really unbelievable. The art is really glorious. This is just like some really badass shit. Love to see Headless Cyclops, just very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I keep, this is just like such a great mashup of people on the Hulk book right now. Uh, I'm having a blast. This is such a cool kind of story that uh is uh getting told here, and it keeps getting crazier. Have you guys ever been to um a hibachi restaurant?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, where the guys uh, they cook uh, right in front of you, they take yeah, some sure. stuff and they like yeah, yeah. they make the fried rice, they flip the egg and they cut it in half in the air and then all that and the yeah. shell. And then the, the shrimp are cooking and cut them and flip the tail and uh, it goes into their pocket. Yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, I feel like I've never seen people more excited than right now. Uh, well, there's a hibachi chef coming to your house right now. <laughs> He's at the door. He's gonna cook for you <laughs> Uh, no, that, that is my metaphor for what Donnie Cates is doing and Ryan Otley are doing here on Hulk. They took the Hulk and they were like, they cut him up into pieces and they're like, okay, all the fighting's going to go over here. We don't need to deal with that right now. It's just cooking. We're going to come back to that later. And he's like, here's the, the Bruce Banner stuff's over here. Oh, look at these tricks. Whoop, there goes a the shrimp tail. Bruce Banner's psych, psychological problems it's in his pocket. And every it's just sliced and diced all the Hulk stuff and are telling it in a totally different, like, weird sci-fi space way. And I think it's working, like a great hibachi
0: uh, experience. That's Delicious. exactly what I was going to say. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number eight, from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Bilquis Evely. This is the final issue of this book. Eight, Eight out of eight as our companion for Supergirl has the guy who seemingly put Crypto on the ropes uh, in her sights. She is about to kill him while Supergirl is up in space fighting a bunch of his minions. I'll just say this. This is maybe my favorite Tom King series ever. Wow. Wow. I mean, just wow. based on the way this wow. wraps up, based on this final issue, I Tom think Bilquis... Tom done
1: some amazing stuff, man. He has. I mean, he's a human
0: target
2: right now, too.
0: I so mean, good. I mean, I guess we'll see how that ties up. But Bilquis Evely's art was fantastic. I love the pacing of this Fantastic. Bump. You're underselling it. It's the, fucking groundbreaking. It's super beautiful, fantastic. Beautiful, gorgeous, unbelievable art. Absolutely fantastic. I love how this wrapped up. I loved love the ending of this book. It was such a, like, this is probably too strong, but almost twilight zone ending dig to it in a certain Ooh, way, but mm. perfectly fit with everything that's going on. Um, beautiful just like beautiful from top to bottom every issue worked as an issue this is a perfect comic book
2: have you guys ever been to a tgi fridays (laughs) 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 just kidding just kidding just kidding um i agree with you and the way the way the ending pushes through sort of this the superhero like dynamic into this whole new like type of ending or type of story it's just so good Tom King across the board. This is like a a renaissance of stories. And I know there're some people who don't like Tom King out there, but the thing is every story comes at its character in a different way. So if you don't like one or another, you can always pop into the next one and just be impressed by how great it is. And the art that Tom the artists that Tom King works with are always excellent.
1: Uh, This is just, yeah, this is next level comic. Hold it up. This is really unbelievable unbelievable stuff. I mean, the art alone is worth this. Uh, It's the best version of Supergirl I've seen ever. Awesome. Great
0: stuff. Next up, Rain, number two, from Image Comics what? Story by Joe Hill. Adaptation by David M. Boer. Art by Zoe Thorogood. If you haven't checked it out, check out our live show from this past week with David M. I Boer. I wish we could and, talk to them. I know. We just did. And editor oh, Chris Ryle. We should have some questions about Rain. So there you go. Uh, but in the second issue, after a bunch of rain has come down that is sharp as nails, Killed a bunch of people, tore a bunch of things to shreds. The entire world is terrified. We're dealing with the fallout of that. But our main character is going to tell the parents of her girlfriend that her parent that her girlfriend and uh, her girlfriend's mom are dead. So she is heading to, I believe, Denver to tell her dad about it. That's the thrust of the it's book. In Colorado. That's the story. Uh, mm. uh, what do you guys think about this?
1: First off, I mean that's insane. I mean, you're in a world where it rains spikes that can go through everything and murder you, and you're gonna decide to then go outside and go on an adventure. I mean that that's some impressive uh I don't know if I'd ever go outside again if it rained like that. But uh this is a <laughs> this is a very, very beautiful book and an amazing story. I can't wait to see how this is going to unfold. I really love our main character. I think they do a very interesting job of setting up a love story and having a crazy thing happen, and then we got to see how it all unfolds. Uh, This is classic image, really putting out something that is just great comics.
2: Uh, We talked about it on the show a bit, but the idea of like love story first, character first, into an apocalypse story, it's really good storytelling. And the other thing about it is, The 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 sort of menace here, the rain itself, is so good because it's like scary and deadly. But also, you could just be like under like um, a porch, Mm -hmm. and you'd be fine. Well, you can't if it's
1: it can't be a porch that leaks. You can get fucked by that. You got to get like like a sturdy porch.
2: Well, I hope Pete, you have a sturdy porch. You seem like a sturdy porch guy. And I've been to your house; solid porch. Oh, thanks, man. Don't
1: you think your porch would do the right thing? Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, you can't just go under any porch.
2: Okay, well, uh when this happens, and I believe it will, I guess I'll see you in Philly. All right, great. <laughs> this book uh, but
0: is, I, I just want to give a specific great. shout out to Zoe Thoroughgood's art in particular. We talked about this a bit on the live show, but it's absolutely gorgeous throughout. I love just looking at this book, if nothing else. Yeah. Next up, Venom, number five from Marvel, written by Al Ewing, art by Brian Hitch. In this issue, Eddie Brock has been reconstituted in this garden outside of time by our new villain, who is making plans upon plans with Eddie Brock. We get a lot of revelations of this issue in terms of how he's been manipulating both Eddie and his son Dylan throughout time, as well as a revelation of what he actually wants and what's going on with him. Uh, this is great. This is just so, like, wild and weird and different from Donnie Kate's run on Venom while still expanding on it. Very impressive.
2: It's some heady venom. Heady Brock is what he, we should call him because we're dealing with um, Eddie, and then is Eddie real? Is this fake Eddie coming back around? Um, and I mean, Al Ewing has such a does such a great job of creating that suspense um, in all of his work in the long run on Hulk, obviously. Um, so it's cool to see it brought here to um, something that is doesn't have that same built in pathos. I mean, keep in mind, remember Venom started as just like tonguey Spider Man? That's uh, so not how he started. That was the original name.
1: No. Nope.
0: Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Nope.
1: Because Spider
2: Man doesn't check have a thing. tongue.
0: I don't know if you ever noticed this, but you see, yeah, Peter Parker, he opens his mouth and it's just this chasm, this empty chasm. Yeah. He's a tiny little snake tongue. Mm-hmm. Because spiders Ooh. don't have tongues. So when the spider bit him, he lost his tongue and I fell out. I don't There's know. There's a famous. Uh, panel of Uncle Ben saying, With no tongues comes no responsibility. Get <laughs> like so cut loose, brother. That's what <laughs> he said. And then he shouted, Spring Break. Yeah. And he's always yeah. like, What does
2: stuff taste like?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I, taste. This is
1: getting, this is getting kind of tripped out and weird. Not our review of that, just like Buc- this comic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by what's happening. I'm not trusting what's happening. I don't trust the uh, spiky-haired god-type character in this. But, um, yeah, it's very interesting and creative and definitely worth checking out. What's the furthest place from here?
2: Great question, Alex. And I think
0: technically... It's a comic that we're going to review. We're going to review issue number Uh. four, Justin. From Image Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg, it. art by Tyler Boss. In this issue, our main characters have come to a carnival, always a terrible place to play in the post apocalypse. And of course, it goes predictably bad here with some twists and turns. I love every issue of this, it is an absolute
1: delight to read Pete. What do you think about this one? Agreed. Uh, Bergie killing the game. Um, yeah, the arts unbelievable. You got a lot of creepy stories kind of happening all at once. Uh, very interesting, very kind of intriguing in just the perfect amount of way. Uh, yeah, this is really artistic, really kind of unique, uh, really impressive package. Uh,
2: this is my favorite issue of the series so far. It really um, – all the weirdness comes together so well in this carnival setting. And the attention to detail with the Tyler bosses are in the panel on like uh, – I don't even know what page it is here. But um, uh, one of the kids punches one of the, um, the porky pig face guys and the baseball yeah. bat goes through the boff – Uh, sound effect and just those little things it just shows the care that is taken in this book also we have um one of the booths in the carnival is um uh, the kissing booth is someone is kissing the children another fun little reference there it's just great comic book work
1: very good stuff page 20 was the uh boff thank you research department
0: Yep. (laughs) Nightwing number 89 from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Rodondo. This is the first part of a crossover with Superman's son of Kal-El, as Nightwing makes good on his promise to help out John Kent in Superman's absence. Here, they're dealing with a murderer who is killing off a bunch of superheroes. We know that it is The Rising, which is a superhero... Not exactly team, but certainly grouping of people run by Harry Bendix, but they don't know it yet. Um, but I thought this was great. I love the difference, particularly, I think it was last week or the week before, we read a book from Peter J. Tomasi that was pairing up uh the Super Superman. Sons. Yeah, the Super Sons again. So seeing the difference between the Super Sons and Superman and Dick Grayson was just. I don't know. Need to be like I like the difference in characterizations there.
2: Well, uh, I really love that we got um, we got the scene at the beginning uh, with um, Nightwing and young John Kent before he was aged in the future, and I thought that really just set it up so well. It was such a smart way to come at this and um, sort of change the um, the partnership dynamic from the bat- classic Batman Superman partnership to a different way where it's sort of. The Nightwing, the Batman character, has the upper hand in a way.
1: It was cool. I think this is uh, amazing art. Uh, love this story. I loved also the, the covers are great. This is a really fun kind of exploration of these characters. Another great package. And shout out to Bruder
0: Redondo in particular. There's a scene where Dick and Barbara get woken up in bed and Barbara is wearing a Teen Titans Go shirt. Yeah. And then uh, Dick stands up and he's wearing these Batman jabby pants. It's just, it's delightful. It's just fun to read.
2: Well, and let me just, I should have said this. The the uh, Barbara-Nightwing relationship is just so, it's, I'm just, it's right here. It's inside my heart. Uh Uh-huh. Never take it away, or I'll die.
0: <laughs> King Spawn number seven from Image Comics, written by Sean Lewis, art by Javi Fernandez and Thomas uh, Nachlick. Excuse me. In this issue, Spawn is doing a bunch of Spawn stuff. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it is. I don't know. I still enjoy this book. I think it's a lot of fun. This is like. This issue to me was the most spotty of all the issues. It's dealing with the death of Spawn's wife, a lot of continuity stuff. I still think it works, and I'm still enjoying it a lot better than a regular Spawn book. But to me, I was like, okay, all right, yeah, this is a Spawn book. I get it.
2: Well I really like this stuff happening Sort of around uh, the sp- In this issue in particular Like the setting up this kid Who's going to become uh, maybe this great villain uh, right. Great nemesis for Spawn I really liked that side of it Because in the other part of the issue to your point Alex It was Spawn being like Wanda <laughs> Yay, Wanda. Wanda Which is something that I feel like uh, When We've I think of lot. the We've name Wanda we, yeah. I only think of Spawn I meet mean, yep.
0: someone named Wanda I'm like Wanda! (laughs) Wanda!
1: (laughs) Pete, you're more of the hardcore Spawn fan. What did you think of this issue? I mean, sometimes I think of a fish called Wanda. You know, it's not just Spawn. Wanda! uh, A fish called Wanda! Wanda! Uh, yeah, I agree. This is a great book. I am uh, very intrigued by the kid's story that's happening as well. Uh, this is fun art, fun spawn stuff. Uh, I've Yeah, I've continued to enjoy this. Next up, from one king to
0: another, King Conan, number three. Uh-huh, from you Marlon. see what he did there? Total accident. Written by Jason Aaron, art by Mahmoud Azrar. In this issue, Conan is still on an island filled with the undead, but he's finding out more about how and why that happened thanks to a lost princess who is on the island. There's a couple of twists and turns there, but this book is killing it for me. Like, I'm not usually a Conan fan, similar to the Spawn fan, but. The emotional intensity of what's happening here, also just the way that Jason Aaron writes Conan is like a guy who gives no fucks about anything is very fun to read. And Mahmoud Azrar's art is, all as always, fantastic. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. The writing for this Conan is really great. This is kind of a, a perfect pairing of uh, writer and kind of like Conan voice. It really feels... Uh, authentic to a conan story at the same time we're kind of getting new stories which is nice and it's also this is fun fact i mean if the zombie apocalypse happens just climb past two gorillas and you will be fine you can just hang out and you will be fine and the zombies will never get past two gorillas so it's a it's a fun fact
2: well, that's a hell of a takeaway If you told me that Jason Aaron had been working on Thor and all of his other books for all this time as an audition to just write a killer Conan book, I would believe you based on the way this book plays out. Because he's able to like tell sort of the wider mythology stuff of Conan and touch on all the different eras that we've seen so many times while also keeping the main story going and – Uh, The art um, by Mahmoud Asrar is really hitting the sort of like Frank Frazetta style uh, paintings of Conan and all that. It's just a great version of it that brings together all of the elements without leaving sort of any by the wayside.
1: I also love this idea that like... Conan doesn't fall for the trappings of, like, gold or material things because he is a fully grown man. I thought that was a really cool take on, like, he's like, no, life is more than just this stupid, uh, you know, shit. And I just was very impressed by that.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm not chasing gold either. Yeah, I I mean, first chance I get, I'm jumping in a fingernail boat, to be honest with you, because that sounds... Like a blast, but uh, I guess yeah. Conan didn't want to do that. <laughs> Next up, the silver. I was cord. recently.
2: I was recently down in Miami. I wrote a fingernail jet ski. Nice. I wrote. Uh, model. also
0: in Florida? Did you write one of those fingernail uh, fan boats? <laughs>
1: uh, I was drunk. <laughs> the, playing the Everglades. <laughs> Oh,
0: nice. The I Silver Coin, number nine, from Image Comics, written by Vida Ayala, art by Michael Walsh. In this issue, as we continue our anthology, telling the story of an evil coin that has passed from person to person, we meet a <laughs> corrupt cop who seems to, I'm just going to throw this out there, be in something very similar to Gotham City, as he deals with a bunch of arson and other things um, I like this issue. I feel like this was not the strongest issue of the book. To be perfectly oh, Justin's frank, to gonna me. ape
1: that. Oh, Justin's gonna lose. it. Yeah. <laughs> is he? Oh, I don't know, dude. Justin, this is think? Justin's favorite book, dude. What the fuck? Well, what would you think, yeah. Justin?
2: Um, I I like this book, obviously. Um, Obvi. Across the board, um, I like um a lot of the art here. I do think the story felt like it was more about. The context around it, we get a nice page about sort of the historical background of uh, all the arson that occurred in the Bronx and the underpinnings there. And it felt like it was it was about that as opposed to just this uh, a great twist in this story. Uh, but I still liked it. I thought the art was great. And this story, this book is so scary. It makes me really challenge my all of the coins I have, my personal coins.
1: You want your coins to step up and start being more horrific.
2: No, I just don't want to get accidentally pick up this coin, you uh, know, right? Yeah,
1: good point. Pete, what about you? What did you think about this? Um, if you see a coin on the ground that looks like a half closed eyelid, just let it be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, you know, this continues to be like a horror, uh, book. Um, and I'm impressed with how this is still going and still being creative as there are all these issues. I don't like horror, and this book is not for me. But I continue to be impressed by this book. The writing, and the art's fantastic.
2: Do, the, do your the eyes on G Dubs and the quarters you have ever open up when you do some? No, man, not
0: yet. Anybody?
1: No, not <laughs> me either. No.
0: Okay. Well, but maybe someday. We'll see what happens I guess Batman the Night Number 2 from DC Comics Written by Jim Snowski. Art by Carmine D Debon- Gia de Bone Gia de I
2: felt your confidence Going into that <laughs> Then you were like Gia de Bone Bone Later <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so uh, sorry
0: <laughs> The art's really good I'm really it's, sorry
2: <laughs> Gia Domenico I believe
0: Thank you very much this is continued to tell the story of a young Batman in the period when he left Gotham City as traveling around the world to try to train. Here, he meets a sexy, older cat burglar who trains him in the world of cat burgling. Perhaps it influenced and? his interest in women mm, later on. I don't yes. know.
1: I guess we'll see. Foreshadowing. But, yes. Pete,
0: in particular, you're a big fan of the Bat-Cat relationship. What did you think of this that hag. Oh,
1: <laughs> to why? Why would you say that out loud? All right. I don't so, know, man, I'm just trying to rhyme stuff. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> first off, the art's unbelievable. This is a fun story. I really like the ending. Uh, this continues to kind of like explore the Batman that w- we maybe don't know for the origin story mm. you know instead of just focusing on the ninja training, which is where I'd rather be. but I think this is very cool and unique and well drawn and and I'm having a blast um.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. This is uh, Chip Zdarsky and uh, Carmine uh, D- Gian Domenico worked on um, Daredevil. They uh, have had a great run on Daredevil as well. And if you're a fan of that, this book is fantastic. It sort of like looks, it feels very similar. Uh, we this, B- Bruce Wayne has been more expressive in this book than he has been in so many other comics, um, and it's good. It's just good Batman stuff.
0: I agree. Next up, or actually last up, A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number five, from Image Comics, written by Rick Remender, art by Andre Lima Arojo. In this issue, our main characters are trying to get out of the country, as everybody is after them, but things go horribly, horribly wrong. Pete, you've been a big fan of the series. What did you think about all the twists and turns in this issue?
1: Ooh, fan. Uh I love this. I love comics that don't focus on the shitty words. It really kind of uh it's very minimal with the talking. It's more expressive in the facial features and the art. I love this. I love the tension, the mounting kind of like where is this going? You know, if I was being chased for my life, I would stop at a bar. You know, by just inco- for a quick one, quick belt, and then you're back out on the road. I think this is great. Uh, I'm having a blast.
2: Have you guys ever been to a combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell?
0: <laughs> oh my god! Of course, go <laughs> yeah. ahead.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to get you on board I mean I, I also love this book This book is tailor made to be a prestige television show or movie So like it feels like Not that Rick Remender was purposefully catering to that But so many of his books are so deeply rooted in comic book dumb and, and that world And just like characters taking nosedives over and over again This feels like such a ride-along story That I want to see in action
0: Good call. And that is it for the stack. If you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time. We'll see you at the comic book shop. Later.